Hello and welcome to my Camino, the podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. There's an old saying, families are like branches on a tree. We grow in different directions, yet our roots remain as one. Another says, small boys become big men through the influence of big men who care about small boys. Robert Nugent is a father of three from Ballana in County Mayo in Ireland. He recently completed the Camino in Santiago, walking with his then seven-year-old son, Christopher. Well, Robert's on the line from Northwest Ireland. Pilgrim, welcome. Hi, Dan. Thank you very much for having me, and it's a pleasure. Tell us, Rob, how did you first hear about the Camino de Santiago? Um, well, I did a few walks around Europe, and um, uh, a few years ago I did the French uh, route from Lyon, um, and then subsequently, subsequently did um, from um, Porto and uh, Oviedo. So it, it was actually my fourth Camino uh, to Santiago. Um, a very enjoyable experience. And so obviously Christopher had heard about it and he, he got interested in it. That's, and that's how the father and son Camino came about. So your fourth Camino when you walked with Christopher, when was your first? Yeah. My first was about six years ago, um, uh, and that was the French route, but half the French route. Uh, I, I would like to take more time and do it, but, you know, work doesn't always allow us to take a whole month out. So I, I do it usually in about two weeks uh, at a time. And so do you remember where you first heard about it and when? Um I used to live in Spain uh, about 20 years ago, so that's that's probably when I first heard about heard about it. Well, I heard about the uh, the cathedral in Spain and in Galicia and, and Santiago and the the Buta Fumero. So I suppose uh, it goes back to about 20 years ago. But I didn't uh, I didn't walk it when I lived in Spain. It was it was only you know later in life that that, that I got the chance to do it. And do do you remember what Christopher said when you? told him that you wanted to walk this time around with him? Um, he was excited because um, he'd heard about it before and he'd done, a, he, he'd done a few walks. I suppose the idea came last year when we did a, a walk in, in, in the mountains in, in Poland and it was a, a thousand metres uh, up and down in, in, in the mountain in, uh, in the south of Poland near Zakopane and uh, and I said to him, oh, look, you, you could have done the Camino with the, with the, the amount of <laughs> kilometers you've walked. So, and, and I said, well, the Camino doesn't have any of these mountains, so it won't be as hard as this. And, and from there, he got the idea and, and he said, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, we didn't do too much planning about it because at the end of the day, if you couldn't walk the whole section, well, I'd just take a taxi. You know, I wasn't, he wasn't going to be you know, he wasn't going to be, uh, you know, left to do something that he didn't really want to do, but he, he really enjoyed it. And um, and we, we, we luckily only had to take a short piece of it uh, one day when it was over 35 degrees by taxi. But apart from that, he did the whole uh, the whole thing, you know, walking every day. And he, enjoyed, he enjoyed the company and the people that were on it. And it was kind of an adventure more than anything for him. Yeah, a great adventure. So, how far were you walking each day? We did. Uh, we we well for with children, you have to space it out about twenty kilometers. So that was the you know the guiding marker each day. So 
when I planned the Camino back in uh, back during the year, I said we'll start from Porto, but we, it was actually past Villa del Conde, and just before Barcelona, you know, we, we said okay, that 20, 20 kilometers before Barcelos, that's where we started. So um, and then we had then all of the stops I planned were twenty kilometers along the way for there, simply because you know with a child you you're not sure uh, you know after twenty kilometers they they get very tired uh, and, and you know it's 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 not it's not practical to do it for any longer with, with, with his age, but he was actually very you know he was good he wasn't he wasn't any he didn't have any problems even walking slightly more than twenty kilometers. And and by the end, was he significantly fitter? Did he did he have any injuries? No, he, he, he blistered his heel one day, um, uh, but no, he didn't have any injuries at all. I mean, kids are kids are extremely resilient. They're a lot fitter than adults. People put limits on them, but uh, there there are adult limits that we're putting on our children. If we let them do what they could do, you know, you'll find that they're a lot more fitter. Than we are, and and especially when it comes to walking, their their bodies uh, react differently to it than than, than we do. Um, you know, they their feet are a lot smaller, and he was wearing runners the whole time, no issues with them. And uh, you know, so it's 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 it's. I suppose we just should let kids do it more than 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 you know pushing them in front of an Xbox at home. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, where they get no exercise. Well, that's very, very true. And did he, well, had you and he walked much together before? I know you mentioned the Polish walk, but do you walk much at home in Ireland? We did some practice walks yeah. here because we wanted to do, say, a 10K uh, walk with, with no stops to see how we get on. So we've, uh, there's a lot of walks where we live, so we did those. Um, and uh, we just time ourselves to see how long it would take to do 10 kilometers, uh, you know, which would be about two and a half hours um, without stopping. So I, 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 got, I had the idea, you know, when we're on the Camino, okay, look, it's going to take you about five, six hours to do the, the walk every day. So we did those, those type of uh, test Camino walks, but he, he did the walks last year in Zakopane, and he did them actually the year before as well. So it's like his third year doing particularly long walks, and uh, he's, he's well able to, to, to do it. He had no issues at all. Tell us about the Portuguese route then. Why did you choose it this time round, do you think, Robert? Well, it's, because it's the easiest walk to take if you're if you're bringing a child because it's the flattest. Right. There there are there are, there's only one uh, mountain. Well, it's not even a mountain, but it's a very large hill uh, that's between Ponte de Lima and uh, Rubiite, uh, and that's that's the only hard part. But apart from that, it, it's very very flat. There isn't any major hiking challenges on that route at all. So uh, you know that was my. Um, the reason for taking it with him was to was to give him the easiest yeah. uh, route to, to start with. And did you stick to the coast or the inland journey? We did the inland journey, the one I did before. And tell me, yeah, what did other pilgrims then make of Christopher? Oh, they they thought it was it was very cute, um, but um, I suppose the most interesting reaction was. A lot of men would say, oh, it's a pity I didn't do it with my child or 
I would have liked to have done it myself. So, uh, you know, uh, and some saying, oh, I wish, well, I wish, I wish my child would do it. Um, but they were all very enthusiastic. He had a, he had a, you know, a small following of people that were leaving messages along the, the road saying, go Christopher, you can do it. And uh, it was, it was very funny. So it was so. Actually, uh, the day before yesterday, a girl, uh, a German girl, she she came and visited him here in Banana. So she was on a she was going around Ireland after her Camino and, and came and visited him. So he had a he had a small a small following of people that. Uh, That's that, fantastic. Uh, fan club. Yeah, that yeah. is great. Well, let's Rob. Let's talk about all things pilgrim and pilgrimage. How heavy was your or were your backpacks? How much did you carry? And did Christopher carry a pack, or did you carry all of his all of his stuff? Yeah, so he had a small uh, backpack, about two kilos, which is what you recommend that people carry, no more than ten percent of your weight. And my backpack was about eleven, and it was. Um, if he'd get really tired, I'd carry a small one as well because. It, uh, you know, it, what wouldn't usually towards the end of the of the day, but um, it wasn't slightly awkward in the fact that uh, uh, I had brought a lot of uh, clothes, extra clothes for rain and raincoats and rain this, and we didn't see a drop of rain during the whole Camino. <laughs> uh, and then, and then I had a second. Obviously, I had his his um, rucksack. Uh, sorry, his um, his uh, uh, sleeping bag in my in my pack as well. So. It'd be the, it, it would be slightly heavier than I'd normally be um, used to carrying. And that was, you know, it, it, it did get to me after a few days, you know, when you put your bag on, it, slightly uncomfortable, but not, not, nothing too major. Um, uh, so, that was, so that was, you know, that, that's what he had was, you know, just a small rucksack yeah. with a, a few clothes in it. We, 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 we didn't need everything we brought, but yeah. Uh, who's who's to know we were going to have a heat wave? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so Rob, where did you sleep each night? You have walked the the French route and and are familiar with albergues, uh, and they're yeah. ev- everywhere on the French route. Um, what about that inland Portuguese route? Where did you stay? Okay, so on the Portuguese, you've got plenty of accommodation. You've got, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of accommodation everywhere. So. I um I stayed in the places that I stayed before and some new places, so I suppose I'll, I'll just take you through the 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 itinerary that we did. We yeah. did um we 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 started in Porto, where we flew into Lisbon and and um, and then we took a bus from there to Fatima, where we did a visit and the same. And then after that, we took a, a bus up to Porto, we, and we spent a day doing some um sightseeing in Porto and then I t- we took a train up to Villa do Conde in, 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 uh, which would be a stage in itself which I did the last time um, it's a, that's if you are walking that that's along the coast and it's it's a beautiful walk so it is uh, um, but we, we we skipped that because it's a lot of a, it's a lot of road walking it's practically the whole thing is road walking you know? And uh, the first time I did it, um, I ended up, you know, very tired after that walk. Um, and there's no way he would have, he would have done it. So we skipped that. And uh, from Villa de Conde, we took a taxi to Rates. Um, and from there, we walked to Barcelos. 
so that was our first our first stage of the Camino, which was about 15 kilometers, and that was the inland route. Yeah. And it's a stage in itself. So the, we started outside the albergue in Rathis, and we walked to Barcelos. And in Barcelos, we stayed in Amigos da Montaña, which is a, a new private albergue, but it's five euros. So it's just, uh, very similarly priced to the to the municipal albergues. And it's a completely new, clean, um, you know, uh, the the mattresses are made of leather, so the, the, they they you know the you don't they don't get infested with bed bugs and the, you know the the whole the whole alberga was very very clean. Fantastic. Yeah, um, from Barcelos to uh, in many of the guidebooks you have your uh, next stages from Barcelos to Ponte de Lima, um, but uh, I had done that that uh, actual uh, stage before and in 35 and a half kilometers are not practical for a child. So we split it in two and we went from Barcelos to uh, Casa da Fernanda, which is a, a family-run alberga which uh, where they receive people into their house. So we stayed there that night, uh, really enjoyed it. And then the next day we went from, from there to Ponte de Lima, which is about 15, 16 kilometers. But we left it very late to walk that day, and it was uh, even though it was sh- supposed to be a short uh, stage, it was uh, it was actually very very tough because of uh, we were walking at 10, 11, 12 in the morning when it was very warm, and um, and we arrived to uh, Ponte Lima. We stayed in the municipal alberca, which was uh, very very clean, and it was only half full. So uh, that was that was the that that was the place we stayed in. Uh, um, from Ponte de Lima, um, we went f- uh, the next step. The next stop is Rubiais. Um That's the day we, we did about half of that stage, and there's a very la- long climb that day. Um, we actually started about five in the morning to avoid the heat, but uh, by eleven thirty, you know, once 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 my son, you know, sees temperatures above thirty, it's a bit too much for him. So. We we uh, we did half that stage and then we took a taxi to Ruby Aish, uh, which is the where we stayed that night. We stayed in uh, El Nino uh, Alberghe. Um, uh, a, a lady that runs it uh, opened it a few years ago, and I was actually one of her first pilgrims uh, when she opened it. So it was going back to people we knew, um, and then from from um, from Ruby Aish, you you go to uh, Tui, uh, sorry, Valenza and Tui, which are the the border the border towns, um, on the Camino. So the next um, we again a very very early start, but at, uh, it was five in the morning to do that twenty k to avoid the heat, um, and uh, you that, it's a it's a beautiful walk, and you uh, are arriving to the you know that uh, the Fortaleza town of Valencia, which is, uh, uh, you know, an enclosed city. Uh, in, well, the, the historic part is an enclosed city inside a uh, fort- fortalized area. Yeah, yeah. And then you have a, you have a beautiful um, bridge that goes over to Valencia and the cathedral. So we stayed in Valencia that evening in a, in a private albergue. It was a, a villa uh, leaving Tui, which had a, a pool and uh, you know uh, a small small kitchen area was was actually very beautiful and uh, that was twelve euros. So he enjoyed that evening 
because he, he had a chance to swim around. <laughs> um, so that was uh, then. Then you start. Then you start the last bit of the of the what would be um, the hundred kilometers from from Tui to um, uh, to Santiago. So we did that day. With the next step, we did to um, Oporino, um, which is about sixteen and a half kilometers, um, and uh, that's uh, and there we stayed in a in a private a new a new alberga that was opened up beside the municipal one so the 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 beds were actually extremely good bunk beds with all of the uh, all designed around the pilgrim places to store your stuff and and uh, charging areas and the kitchen and so forth so um we uh, from Oporino we went on to um uh for uh, um, Dela. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, uh, and uh, that was actually a short, a short enough walk. Um, in Regondella, we just uh, we stayed in a new, uh, a new alberga that was uh, that that that, uh, uh, that opened, uh, and um, was we were actually one of the first people to stay there. Just as you're entering the town. Uh, uh, was was the alberga there, and um, the next the next day we stayed in 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 the public alberga in in um, Pontevedra, um, which is uh, so the Redondela Pontevedra is a stage in itself. So he, uh, that was about twenty kilometers, a tough enough walk for him, and um, it was very warm towards the end, but uh, enjoyable enough. I suppose the only thing was at the end the. There's a bit of infighting uh, between a new rural walk and then the road walk, the, the original one. So the arrows were were not very clear, and right. we, we 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 ended up going. We ended up uh, taking the wrong turn at the end, and uh, slightly off. It took us a little bit more time, but it was fine. We arrived there. We stayed in the public alberga there in uh, in uh, Pontevedra, which. Is it wasn't full, very nice place to stay, but it's it is still two kilometers from the historical center. So if you're if you're if you're going in to see the the if you want to go into the center, you you know you're 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 leaving your stuff and then you're walking two kilometers in and walking them back or you take a taxi. So um, that was the that was the uh, it's one of the largest towns on the Camino. And Ponte Vedra, then we went to, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, Caldas de Reis. Right. Um, uh, we, and we stayed in the public alberga there as well. Uh, it ha- a lot of people, on the, uh, it has a lot of bad reviews, but it was actually, uh, it's, and it's not a new alberga, but it was actually uh, fine. Um, they gave us some mattress covers. Uh, um, we slept actually very well. It wasn't full at all. Um, after Pont, after Caldas de Reyes, uh, we went to um, uh, Padron, uh, um, which is uh, one of the stages before Santiago. And uh, before, when when I went there, I stayed in a monastery, which is just off the Camino before Padron. But we 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 had to. Uh, uh, um, with Christopher, I, I tried to keep it 
keep the keeping the stages down to 20 kilometers so we we stayed in padron and then the next day was on to on to santiago so those were the, the stages of the of the of the camino with him i think that's what you've just been through there was would be invaluable for anybody listening thinking of walking that trip particularly somebody who is perhaps a little bit older and 20 so so you only walk 20 kilometers a day rob because it's you were taking into consideration your young son 20 kilometers a day might be perfect for somebody who's a bit older so i think that's outstanding what you just went through there but you you talked about uh arriving in in santiago what did what did you and, and what did Christopher make of, of walking into the square, of arriving in Santiago in front of the cathedral? Um, he was, um, he was, uh, he, uh, he, he wasn't uh, overwhelmed or anything, but he, he enjoyed, um, he enjoyed arriving and meeting people um, and getting his uh, credential. Uh, I suppose when you're coming in from the Portuguese route, you're coming in from, uh, the right of the cathedral whereas if you're coming most of the other routes you're coming in to the left yeah um so we before we arrived we were actually passing where we're going to stay so we're dropping our bags off and then and then we went to the to the plaza uh and he was uh he was excited it was over uh he just uh, you know uh he i think he liked more the walk than actually arriving yeah 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 yeah. So, uh, um, because, okay, this is another town, and I suppose when he's older, he'll understand it better. But um, he was, he was, he was fine. He, he wasn't too, uh, too taken with, it, with <laughs> ending it. I think he would have preferred to just continue uh, seeing more stuff and on the Camino and meeting people. And, and I read somewhere that you had studied in Salamanca. I'm assuming that was 20 years ago. Did you, yeah. yeah, did you speak, do you speak Spanish? I do, yeah, I'm a fluent Spanish speaker. Well, that would have been very handy in Spain, but how did you get on speaking Portuguese, did you, and communicating with the Portuguese? Uh, well, most of them, will, if you speak uh, slowly in Spanish, they'll, they understand about 90%. I, I don't remember ever having issues communicating with, right. with anyone in Portugal. So, and what um, what about the, the Spanish hospitality is is famous? What about the Portuguese hospitality? How is the food the and, and the welcome that you got? Oh, I mean, I think the the, the Portuguese section is actually better than the Spanish one. It's it's uh, the prices are lower, and you you have some you know uh, you you have ama- amazing receptions. You know, with some of the places when we stayed in Casa da Fernanda. I mean, she 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 made a, a a meal for us in the evening, and she looked after us. And uh, especially for Christopher, she did she did special food for him and pastas and stuff like that 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 he would eat. So we we were we were very well received in in, in Portugal. I, I, even where where we stayed in Porto, the the we stayed in the, an Airbnb, a small apartment. Christopher and myself. And the family were so nice to us, uh, so I, I couldn't fault the Portuguese at all uh, for their for their hospitality. Um, on on the on the the Spanish side, we just stayed in public albergues, so we we didn't we weren't with any of the the families. But I do remember in the past, you know, uh, staying in private uh, albergues with families that uh, 
on other routes and we we, we were very well received as well I suppose I could mean. yeah yeah what did what did Christopher's mates make of it all when he got home and, and before he left his young schoolmates perhaps um they didn't say much they they they, they said more after he got home because I put a I put a photo of him in our local newspaper for his birthday more than anything else, which was the 17th of July. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I suppose I, the more I got, he, he got a lot of reaction from, 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 from parents, you know, aren't you great? And uh, my son would never do this and he, he wouldn't be capable of walking it um, or he wouldn't do it. And, you know, there, there were, uh, there was a, 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 a very positive reaction um, to it, but uh, he, he wasn't too phased by the whole experience. Uh, and just you know, for him, it was just a walk, uh, something that he'd done before anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it was a great adventure, as you said before, and a great adventure, Rob, yeah. for, for a father and son. Something you'll never forget. Yeah. No, absolutely, it was well worth it. We're going to do the French one next year together as a family this time because the girls want to come along. Well, that was my next question. Were, 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 were Christopher's big sisters jealous about it? Were they, did they want to go? Well, my eldest daughter, she definitely wanted to go, but she had, she'd taken a summer job. So ah. she was working in a, in a local hotel. But um, And then she went to Germany for two weeks. So um, if she could have gone, she would have gone. Um, and my other daughter, uh, Laura, she... She she's interested now. She she'll definitely come. She's I think she's uh, she's uh, a lot more fitter than my son because she's slightly she's three years older than, and she wouldn't have any problems um, uh, walking it uh, now. And now that she's heard about Christopher's experience, I suppose she's she's uh, more interested in, in in doing it than she is. That's fantastic. You know, Robert, the Celts were said to have settled in Galicia in the centuries leading up to Christianity. So there's a great tradition of Celtic engagement in and with Spain. Now, having walked the French route before, you would have been aware of the spiritual nature of the Camino. Uh, yeah. It, 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 did you get the same sense in Portugal and, and, and on the walk when, when you walked with Christopher? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, the Portuguese are, are, are extremely Catholic, so, uh, well, more... Uh, more so, I'd say than the Spanish are, and uh, so you, you, what you have in the the Camino that we did, you have people doing it in both directions because you have the yellow arrows going to um, to Santiago, and you have in the opposite direction you have the blue arrows going to to Fatima. Ah. So you don't have people just going all in one direction. You you have people going in both directions uh, on the on the Camino, especially if it's a uh, if it's around, uh, you know, some of the, if, if it's around the time of year when, when they celebrate Our Lady of Fatima, you, you, you would have pilgrims coming down. And you've a lot of people doing it on the bike, going in both directions. So it's definitely a very religious route in that sense. How, 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 yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, that, that particular Camino, uh, part of the Camino, you, you would say it's a very religious one. What would you say, Robert, if somebody's listening and they're thinking about walking any of the Caminos, what would you say is the best part of being a pilgrim? Um, 
I suppose you don't need to plan too much. You know, if you're looking for something slow tourism, uh, you know, some people like package holidays and everything planned out for them, and I and I simply can't stand those. I'm, I'm I, I prefer to. <laughs> hey, you just said something that nobody's ever said to me: slow tourism. Yes, yes. So you you have. You know, some people go on holiday and they they have it all planned out, and we're going to see this site, this site, this site, and, and you know, you're stuck. You're stuck to a schedule that, at the end of the day, you're not even getting uh, any relaxation. Whereas on the Camino, you can you can just do it at your pace, and you can stay where you want to stay, and um, uh, you know, you're you're not bound to a schedule. Uh, and you you're able to tour, you're able to visit you know a number of places along the way that you're not that you're, that you're not um, you know stuck with a with a uh, if you're going on a, on a guided holiday and a package holiday you know you're stuck in that area and or you're doing some day visits to certain locations so um, I'm, I I I prefer to do slow tourism I love that slow tourism I'm going to steal that I'm going to use that myself Robert and what was the best okay. part about walking with Christopher. Um, we, I suppose, um, he just talking. He's he's a it's it's a great experience. Uh, you know, to uh, you learn out you learn a lot about your children when you're when you're alone with them because a lot of the stuff that his mammy would do here in Ireland, I had to do and and um, and uh, you know keep him clean, his clothes washed every day and. Uh, well fed and uh, so you learn a lot about your children when you're on the Camino I think you learn more than you do at home uh, which is interesting so uh, definitely recommend it yeah and and I know that being a pilgrim one of the great things is living with other people walking with other people sharing and learning from other people yeah And, and I spent a bit of time in Galway and in Tipperary in the 1990s and the Irish people are very social people, Robert. And and you would then have felt, I think, the Irish are very good pilgrims, aren't they? Yes, yes. Well, we didn't meet too many Irish on on the Portuguese one, um, but yeah, we. we, we I suppose we're, I, I think we're all very sociable, uh, you know, because any any nationality I've met in the Camino, we've we've always uh, kept in touch years later and. Um, last year, I did it on my own, but we we met we 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 became a group of eight solo walkers, and uh, from all walks of life, and we've we've uh, we've kept in touch and met up over the years. So uh, I, I think it's uh, in general the the Camino is a very sociable uh, experience, and if you don't like socializing with people, you're going to be a little bit disappointed with the. Camino because you cannot not uh, end up you know walking and talking with people along the way and meeting them you know the same people as you, as you walk so if you're if you, if you're not a sociable person uh, you you probably won't enjoy the, the Camino but, if, <laughs> yeah, but, but that's right it's it's difficult to find a very quiet place I mean you know I, no, I mean yeah. not if you're a true pilgrim really yeah no no it's 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 pretty impossible. But uh, I suppose there's people saying, "Oh, I, I I I I I can't walk on my own. I don't like traveling on my own." Well, then 
do the Camino because it's it's impossible to end up on your own on it unless you're so antisocial that nobody wants to talk to you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it, a very good point, so you know, because there'd be people listening right now thinking. I don't, you know, I might, I quite like to do it on my own, but I'm frightened of doing it on my own. There's, there's really nothing to worry about, is there? No, not really. I mean, uh, just uh, if you're frightened of being on your own, just you know, arrive, arrive to the first albergue, and and and, and you'll always meet somebody that that that's on their own as well, and they'll be more than glad. I mean, we we walked with an American woman, um, Linda from from Florida. And, uh, and she was telling us she was she had been on her own for the first few days and and nobody had uh, had uh, you know offered to eat with her or something like that. Um, well, she was actually on she was actually she wasn't actually on the Camino. She was she was in a hotel and nobody wanted to eat with her. And when I mean and and it's in a different environment. Whereas on the Camino, she felt uh, a lot more welcome and you know she she was eating with somebody every day. So uh, you you really have to not want to meet people to uh, to uh, be left on your own on the Camino. Yeah, that's that's great advice, and certainly anybody that I met who was looking for company would find sometimes more company than they knew what to do with a huge big yes. group of people and became their Camino families. Well, talking about yes. families, I, I began by saying small boys become big men through the influence of big men who care about small boys. Well, there's another old saying, kids don't need things. Kids need parents yes. who spend time with yes. them. So, yes, so yes, Robert, yes. you're a good man. Congratulations. And Christopher's a little superstar. Uh, good on you yes. both. Thank you very much. I, I hope you get back to the Camino next year and, and enjoy the walk. And I also hope to be one day watching the Football World Cup and when the boys in green run out, there is a little Christopher Nugent. <laughs> Huh? He's a football. He, he loves his footy. He does indeed. Yes. Well, I'll be cheering for him. Thanks very much Thanks for very your time. Much. It's a great yarn, Rob. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. Robert Thanks. Nugent, and he uh, there on the line from County Mayo in Ireland. He walked with his eight-year-old son Christopher. A great yarn, if ever there was one. Just before I go, a message via Facebook this week from Helen wanting to know how to subscribe to the podcast. And I haven't mentioned it in a while. A lot of people want to know how to subscribe. So go to the podcast icon on your phone, click on search and find My Camino, the podcast. Click on subscribe and it will automatically appear on your phone each Tuesday night. I'm on the Camino as we speak, uh, walking from Lourdes to Santiago de Compostela, six weeks carrying a little pile of guitar on my back. The plan is to sing for my supper, The Singing Pilgrim. And you can follow my journey by searching hashtag The Singing Pilgrim or hashtag El Peregrino Cantante. That's all we have time for this week. Until then, I'm Dan Mullins. Thanks for listening. Buen Camino. Buen Camino.